Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of your favorite podcast. And you're probably thinking, what is the name of this podcast? Well, we're going to get to that. Just, just cool it, take it easy, breathe in, breathe out. We're here. Way to build the suspense. I like that. That's my job. That's my job here at blank blank. <laughs> uh, with me as always, my name is Isaiah Cooper and with me as always is Greg McGinnis, my friend. Uh, Good afternoon, listeners. You know, Greg, I, uh, I, really, I really enjoy um, twice baked bread, or as some people call it, toast. Of course, who doesn't love twice baked <laughs> bread? <laughs> I think that's a thing, isn't it? Like if you... What am I thinking of? Twice Toast. baked potatoes? No, maybe. Twice, Refried beans? Twice baked bread, right, because it was baked originally to make bread. I like and then that. You t- and then you bake it again and you make toast. I like that. You've added some complexity to an otherwise simple dish. Yeah, you want to... Uh, you know, I made a list the other day, Greg. I made a list the other day. And uh, the list... Uh, so I realized I'm, not, I'm never going to get this list done, and that's because I called the list things to do tomorrow. Nice. That's, you can make that a lot longer because you never have to get to it. I like that. That's every time I, every time I look at that list, it's oh, this is this is things for tomorrow. It is fun to make a list for tomorrow because <laughs> you can get so much shit done tomorrow if it's if it's not here yet. But once it gets there, you're like shit. But I didn't wake up until nine thirty. I got this other thing. The dog has to be dealt with. I got this. The list gets cut when it's today's list. So it's good. <laughs> These are just really stupid like one-liners that I'm. I'm reading you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought, like, at the last minute, I'd jump in and uh, read it. They're not even that. They're not even that. Uh, that great. How do you feel about? How do you feel about this one? Uh, if I was a drug dealer, uh, if I hold on, if I was a drug dealer and I sold pot, I, I would, I would just own a skunk. Uh, so that <laughs> love it so far. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be able to get through this real quick. <laughs> no, I think uh, the thing is, if I was, uh, it's actually uh, one of the last shows that I did with uh, what's his name. I did that joke. If I was a drug dealer, I would. What's his I name? Be? With uh, Dan Franklin. <laughs> you know that guy. What's uh, his face? Yeah. What's his nuts? Um, so I say, yeah. If I was a drug dealer, I would own a skunk uh, to deny all probable cause. That smell, officer. Oh no, that's just my pet skunk, Roger. He, he's in heat, and I got that joke because my mom uh, always goes, "I smell skunks. There's skunks." That's what she thinks weed smells like, skunks. Right on. I don't think he's smoking the right weed if it smells like skunk, or maybe you never have smelled a skunk. They're pretty hardcore. I've I've smelled skunks plenty of times. That would be a good thing for a drug dealer to have. You just but, stick your finger in his ass like the cops are gonna raid. No one is coming in there, dude. No one's no. coming in. Everything is ruined and you can't come back either, but the cops aren't coming in to get you shit. Yeah, but and Nana, but Nana just thinks it smells like shit. Nana's not a, a real pot smoker, so. <laughs> she's not a real pot smoker? Is she working on it? She's, tra- she tried. she's training. She's trying to hang. So <laughs> let's just jump. Let's let's get on in here. I mean, we're already in it. Uh, we got to have our sponsor, man. Every week we every week we have our, our beautiful, amazing sponsors uh, who do who do you know who uh, who contacted us? Who is our sponsor? This they week? have been blowing us up, and they've been trying to be a sponsor for a few weeks. And finally, we we had the opening uh, due to some malfunctions last uh, last episode. So we are happy to have our sponsor this week as Red Apron. You like to cook, and you're also looking to spice up your sex life. But who has the time for either of those? 
Red Apron will send you sexy outfits and high quality organic ingredients for your meal. Sex toys also available. If you're a dirty foodie or you have a thing for mixing food with your sex, Red Apron will send the entire thing right to your door. Red yeah, Apron. These beautiful boxes, it's like a kit, you know, uh, that's all the rage these days is it's you buy a box and all you need is in the box. So they do different types of box. They got Asian night box. They got, um, you know, school teacher night box. Uh, and they can, it's everything. It's, that one comes with uh, a bagged lunch of a sandwich. Uh, it comes with a ruler. Of course, it comes with some glasses. We just opened one up. So he is talking about the Groucho Mark school teacher chase around pack. It's uh, It's a couple of hamburgers. And uh, and all the outfit and it was it was pretty fun. It's uh, it's organic. It's it's orgasmic. Red Apron. Look them up online. And thank you for being our sponsor. I think it's gonna last for a long time. Look them up online because it does exist. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like our sponsor. We know we always got the best sponsors. They always come in. They're trying to support the small guys out here. And uh, so I don't know why they're trying to support us because we're not small guys. We're the big we're the big thing. Every all these other podcasts are just trying to keep up, and uh, you know they do what they can. Uh, we've had a lot. We always say that we've got a lot going on. We always say that we that there's so much happening, and you know there is. We both uh, we're grown men living grown men lives, and grown men sometimes go to comedy shows. We went to a comedy. You took. You had, uh, grabbed a couple of free tickets. Grabbed life by the balls. And I, and I went <laughs> online and got a couple of free tickets to go see Big J Okerson up in Tampa. It was great. Now, we actually did try to record uh, an episode in the car, but it just came out. We thought it would be fun to record our thoughts on the way to the show and then our thoughts after the show. Um, unfortunately, that didn't you know pan out so well because your phone microphone doesn't necessarily record in a car too well. I'm not saying yours. I'm saying... Did how did did you listen to yours? I didn't even I didn't listen. I mean, if yours if the other half was was uh, I didn't really listen to it because I assumed it was extremely poor quality. So we can check. I mean, <laughs> you know, I maybe do. we'll have some. Maybe uh, it can be cleaned up or something. We'll send it to Devin and he'll have it set in like 2020, 2021. Uh, coming right to you in twenty twenty one. Isaiah and Greg's take on Big J Okerson at the Improv in Tampa, Florida. So, were you a Big J fan before? You know, uh, I wouldn't describe myself as like a Big J fan as much as someone that was just interested in seeing a, a fairly big name come to Tampa. I've heard his stuff before. Um, I think he's a pretty funny guy. He's a good storyteller, and he's kind of in with the the uh, current storyteller guys right now, right? I think of um, the the other guy from Florida. Uh, the Tom Zagura's from Florida. Tom Zagura, but also Daniel Tosh is from Florida. Not Tosh so much. I was thinking of the guy that. Takes his shirt off all the time. Bert Kreischer Bert from Kreischer. Florida. Thank you. <laughs> They're when all I, from Florida. When I think Big J, right, I think Kreischer, who I listen to, I really like. I think Segura, who's, you know, blowing up right now, is huge. And uh, and Big J is kind of a hanger-on with them. Or like, a, you know, I mean, he may break his big. He's got a, a good amount of specials right now. Yeah, Big, big J. J. Uh, so he was how, funny. He was funny. He was very funny. And you're right. I did like he, he had a story, the storyteller uh, element. Now, when you listen to comedy, what what could you say is the type of comedy that you're most drawn to? Is it setup, laugh line, punchline, or is it like do you? I mean, which you find in any kind of joke telling, but do you prefer a story telling jokes? No, I think I'm pro- I'm probably more like the standard, uh, like a Rodney Dangerfield 
just meat, punch them out. Meat and potatoes. Out. Meat and potatoes. potatoes, yeah. But, I mean, if a story is told well, I can totally get into that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I can also, like, just odd meta stuff. Like, Norm MacDonald, one of the things I used to love that he did on his podcast was he would set this lame thing up. You, If you listen to the show, you knew he was going to do it. He did it, like, ten times. He'd start talking to the guests, and he'd something would come up about some third party that one of them knew. And he would say, oh, there was this guy in Canada. What a real bad guy. He... And he'd go through this really long list like, to the point where the guy was like killing multiple people and eating them and all. And the person would be like, what the hell? And he'd be like, what, you know, what I'm trying to say is this guy was just a real jerk. And like that was his punchline. And it was like, it took like five minutes sometimes. And it was like, holy shit. But I laugh because he's working so hard just to get his, get his nut. He's committing. He's committing. He's really committing to. Regardless of how, uh, you know, out to left field right. it is. So I, I even appreciate that type of stuff. Sometimes that's the funniest stuff because someone is just... I don't know what it is. Are you familiar with the aristocrat joke? Yes. They, they uh, what's his name made a movie. Um, someone made a Penn. movie with like, was it Penn that made the movie? It was Penn Jillette made the men. Did made you the see movie. it? Yeah. Made the movie on the joke mm-hmm. uh, called the aristocrats. And it was just, it's like this underground, um, under, underground joke that comedians have been telling. It came, it, it rose during the, or came about during the vaudeville era of comedy <clears throat> and so when jokey jokes were the thing and it was just the idea of the joke is you have a beginning and an end and the middle part you make up and the beginning is uh, a family walks into a talent agency and uh, they say we want to be a show and the talent agent goes alright well, what do you got that's the and beginning that's the beginning and what you do is you fill in the show you make up the show and you just have it be the most gruesomely vile, awful, terrible, disgusting thing you can think of. And then you wrap it up by saying... Uh, the guy says, that's the worst act I've ever heard. That's typically how it ends. That's the worst the, act I've ever heard. What the hell? What do you call that? The aristocrats. The aristocrats. That's and it's the, the juxtaposition of this horrific thing with this prestigious name, the aristocrats. You know? Um and and uh, so it was you know people, Chevy Chase uh, would reportedly had parties where they would uh, hang out and try to see who can tell the tell it for the longest like who can like get out a twenty minute long who can tell it for the longest <laughs> you know and uh, it's a really really uh, it's an interesting thing and it's one of those it's not uh, it is dirty it's vile it's terrible but that's part of it you know like you know what you're signing up for you can't be offended by something like that like that's the that's the name of the game it's all fake it's all like made up and kind of but it's a lot of um, I think uh, well, well, why did I even start talking about the just different styles of comedy. oh because you were talking about you were talking about uh, Norm Macdonald saying building this whole thing just to say the guy's a jerk and I think you know there's there's uh, there's this ad libby kind of like big build for a kind of small twist but in that that's a joke in itself and uh but yeah dude there's no wrong way to do it i've really been turned on a lot to norm mcdonald after he's, he's definitely one of my favorites dude after what though what after you, you after you were like dude norm mcdonald and and there is something about him there's something about him and uh i watched his special that's on netflix recently the recent one I think it is a recent one, and, and where he does it's this like joke. It's like Hitler's dog. Is the, Hitler, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, because Hitler had a dog. Dude, he's got some good shit in that one. <laughs> Hitler had a dog. And you know what? This guy's killing everybody. And that was the whole joke. I loved it. It's so great. But the dog loved him, right? And it, I think that was, uh, that's such a funny, genius, brilliant concept. Is that the, was that the idea of the joke? I believe um, it was, wasn't it? 
I don't remember that joke, but I do remember one that stuck with me that I was just, it just killed me where he was like, you know who I don't trust? The Germans. He says, listen, I get it. I'm not trying to be racist, but he's like, there was a war. They started it. Who did they decide to compete to fight against? The world. I, he just has this funny <laughs> enunciation and just he puts emphasis on stuff. Then there's another world. They almost won. Jesus, it was way closer than we thought. Again, they have a, they start up a second war. Who again did they say? The world. <laughs> Who did they choose as their opponents? <laughs> the world. And so they, I just I just love uh, where his mind I'm not goes. It's, about. <laughs> it's funny to see him now. By the way, he's like an old, fat version of Norm Macdonald. I mean, everyone ages, but he's whatever. not even that old. I think it's that he came out of old balls. You know, he his father was really really his old. His father was really he old. He came from yeah. an old family, and I think he just had that old rural too, aura, rural Canadian. Yeah. So that pulls it back even further. That aura, from yeah, yeah, exactly. And but he is actually like late fifties. I bet now, but not that old. I know, but to be a comedian, I mean... Mel Brooks, Don Rickles. Okay, you're, you're, by listing a couple of guys, you're pointing out how rare it is that, that guys over 50 are, you know... Well, because usually they live their life in the fast lane and they croak, but, you know, I'm talking about... Uh, talking about practice. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, practice, he's dying to get that in. I love it. No, it just falls out. Uh, so... <laughs> no, wait, but the Big oh, big J show... Big J, yeah. what we What we didn't realize I don't think going in I don't think either of us realized it was that he did this show I don't know if this is what he always does this is the only time I've seen him it was like 100% crowd work he showed right up and he was like hey how you guys doing let me pick up where the other guy was left off about you know with the last thing he said to the crowd and then and he went over he went like he did about an hour I want to say I think maybe yeah, a little yeah. over an hour it, yeah he did definitely went over a little bit or maybe someone else went over a bit because we were out late all together and now the uh, uh, I've heard when comedians that are uh, at his caliper, uh, I've heard him talking about, they will do a little more crowd work or make their jokes seem more crowd worky when they are constructing them, when they're in the phase where they're building their jokes. So if they have like, here are all my premises, and I have some laugh lines, I have some things, but they're not really fully fleshed out, they will use them more conversationally to leave them open to see where they go, where they can play with them. Mm -hmm. And so when they tighten it up for maybe a special or to do it in front of a theater where they're not going to necessarily work with the crowd as much, that's what they'll, they'll you use. You just have to add a little to. opening premise to kick it right, off. Kick and it that makes off. sense because you get more credit from the crowd if you look like you're just kind of chatting with someone and it's funny. Right on. Where oh, clearly most of the stuff that he had going was like preformed ideas about he was either pulling the conversation towards something he wanted or... He was opening up with a conversation that was definitely no conductor. doubt was gonna yeah. There's that's the that's the great illusion of crowd work. Everyone thinks that uh, crowd work is is that's the illusion of crowd work is that it's off the cuff like wow this guy's quick, but he's he's seeing two audiences a night for five nights a week in thirty different cities over the course of you know however many months, and he's saying the same shit to everybody. He knows when I give a stimulus to this audience. There's one of three different responses I will probably get, you mm -hmm. know, even if it's like any birthdays, it's either going to be yes or no. And then when it is a birthday, it's going to be a male or female. And then when it's a male or female, how old are you? It's going to be this age bracket, this age bracket, or this age bracket. And it's just my like, decision tree is, wow, a joke right. about how young you are, a joke, a joke about, about how old you are, are. about how we're the same age. And it's right. it's that easy. And but from the audience who's being led by this by this guy, it seems like, wow, look at him go. Right. But really, he's got everything in the palm of his hands. There's nothing you're going to throw at him that's 
crazy. It's even funny when they get something that's crazy because I see that a lot. Like Todd Barry did that a, a tour where he was just hit the whole thing was I'm not doing any material. It's just crowd work, which means I'm just going to be operating from my Rolodex and decision tree, like you were just saying. Mm-hmm. But if they get something where like, what do you do for work, sir? I'm an electrical engineer for such and you know, then they go, that totally sucks. Moving on. And it's just like that. That'll get a laugh too. And they can get it back into, they want plumber, electrician, something that they've had a hundred times that they've had a chance to. Exactly. To or something out. that sparks something immediately. You know, that'll be something new. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the, that's the great illusion of of crowd work when it comes to comedians and that's something when you start going to uh, you start performing with guys who do a lot of crowd work uh, on multiple nights you start seeing man he's saying the same shit over and over again when I was barking and I'd bark with these guys and then I would go in and I'd see I'd watch their shows and I'd be like this guy does crowd work every night I'd go in and I'd be like he's there he's safe it looks like he's on a tight wire but he's on a tight wire with like fucking straps everywhere he falls he's hardly even like you know tipping side to side he's it's it's really not as dangerous as everyone thinks it is, but that's the illusion, and that's what makes it good. Yeah, and that's what that extra thing be like. Ah, ah. I, I even went many years ago. One of my favorites when I was a kid was Stephen Wright. You know Stephen Wright because yeah, yeah, he yeah. just throws out the just the insane little non sequiturs. He's like a, a, a living version of the Far Side cartoon. Mm-hmm. Everything he says is, you know, I, hey Bob, how come you don't call me anymore? My phone doesn't have a nine. Well, that's crazy, man. How long have you had it? I don't know. My calendar has no sevens. Like that type it's of just, stuff. <laughs> and, but he did a little bit of crowd work, but he was so... He, he didn't have all kinds of room in his act to be able to jump around with shit. So I was sitting fairly close. We went to go see him in Maine, the show that I remember. And I'll never forget, he did yell out a couple times to the crowd, uh, what do you do for work, sir? And the guy said, like, I'm a plumber. And he went, you're an electrician, like whatever he needed. Because, I mean, how many people are going to really hear? Like the eight people that are around the guy. And you pick someone up close, and then you can say whatever the hell you and want. And it's still funny to, for him to steamroll. And right. it's just like, right. what do you do? So the eight people that hear it are like, that's funny. He doesn't even give a shit. He's just doing it. And everyone else is like, wow, that's crazy. Whatever the guy said, he was going to come up with this masterful two-minute thing. <laughs> Which is great. I love it. <laughs> and if it's not, it's still funny. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. I really, you know, I really uh, enjoyed the show. I uh, it's it's been a minute since I've been to like a professional live comedy show. I liked Big J. I've never seen him perform. I've heard him on a lot of podcasts. Never heard him perform. Uh, I think I would. Um, I want to see him again. I want to see him. I want to see a special. I want to see one of his specials. But yeah, man. Uh, what what was lost from our really bad audio, but really good half an hour up to the show, hour up to the show, hour back. So I think we no, I think we probably recorded for at least thirty minutes each way. Mm-hmm. Was uh, on the way back we were doing the critique of the you know talking about the show and the thing I remember even though it's been a few weeks was Isaiah was it was cracking me up how stone faced he was through the local opener then like the opener opener and then even like the traveling middler guy that comes up before Big J that's like traveling city to city with him. It was like halfway through his act. So we're talking like 40 minutes of real time before Isaiah would even pretend like he was going to smile at all. And the first thing that I still remember this has been like three weeks or a month. The first thing he laughed at was this joke the guy made about frozen blueberries for like unfreezing and then putting them in the freezer. They refreeze into a big clump and then you can't put it in your Nutribullet. And it was funny, the whole thing the guy set up. That wasn't good enough for Isaiah. Forty minutes into a comedy show, by the way, but the guy like two tables over, like made this real exclamation about, like, "Oh my god, I totally relate to that." That was funny to Isaiah. Finally, where and then I was oh. like, 
wow, 40 minutes in, <laughs> he's not giving these people shit like he was going to have to pay by the laugh. And he was like, I'm not, none of this shit is good shit. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real Jewish way to look at it. It's like, I'm paying for <laughs> <laughs> like I'm paying by the laugh. It was just, it was funny because in the beginning I didn't notice. You know, you don't, and I was sitting kind of ahead of him until we had this third guy that ended up just going to sit. He was like a big guy. Big, he went and sat by like the door. He was he a giant guy. Yeah. And now, so then I slid back, but then I started to notice out of the corner of my eye, Isaiah's not laughing. And then after, it probably took 15, 20 minutes. So I'm probably exaggerating. There's no doubt I'm exaggerating how stone faced he was. But after a certain amount of time, I was looking over and I'm like, nope. Nope, he's not laughing at that. Nope. And then when that guy had that issue... It was a really funny up. occurrence, man. It was a really funny because it went from this guy up there with his stuff that he's planning to make funny to a complete surprise, which is... You know, it's... it's I was... I, I kept exclaiming how much of a great time I was having. I was having a great time. And... Uh, but I was also... Like, if I'm at home watching stand-up comedy... I'll watch a special and I might w- laugh once or two times throughout the special, but I'm having a great time watching it. And it's that I don't feel obligated to laugh. Like the f- I'll laugh harder the closer I am to the stage because I feel like I owe it to them. And then I almost turn it up a little bit, laugh a little more. And usually that's, I want to be a good audience member because that's the, what you should do. You should be a good audience member. But there was just something about like where we were sitting. It was right at that place where I was like, I'm just I'm enjoying myself. I should have been laughing because if it was, if I would have laughed, the people around me would. Have, it's infectious. It just uh, I was having a great time regardless. But I'm watching this, and yeah, he said this thing, and he's like, and then you're that blueberry, the giant refrozen blueberry won't fit into the top of the neutral bullet. And this guy, yeah, it was like catty corner, ta- catty corner table to us. He go, he throws his hand in the air, and he goes, yes, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I'm just like. I thought that was like that's this guy hadn't been laughing for very much, and but that's what riled him up. Like that particular detail. People in that love it joke, when the, the comedian relates directly. It related to, to him so much. Like, and then I looked at that guy, and I was like, that guy would know the hardships of refreezing blueberries and trying to get them into a neutral bullet. He just looked like such a yuppie kind of guy that would do that. And I thought the universe like that was such a surprise thing. But um, yeah, it was a great, it was a fun show. I had a fun, yeah, once I cracked then I was like, and then I got a little more uh, introspective on what I was doing. And I was like, man, I should just be like, push a little harder because I, I'm having fun and I need to show that. And it was, because um, I was, wasn't really busting your chops at the show. It was only it after. Was after, which, was and, after. And, and you know, that's, that's what you should be doing. Should and be. you did kind of loosen up, I think, after that. And right Big on. Joe, Big J was really funny. Another thing I noticed, besides the fact that it was all crowd work, was that, his act was pretty hardcore on the difference between black guys and white guys' dicks. That was <laughs> massive emphasis. He said at one point when it first came up, you know, you're like, oh, this is funny. And then he was like, oh, it's one of my five topics. And I, at the end of the show, four. I was like, it was one of my he's one of my four <laughs> topics. And at the end, I was like, what are the other three topics? Because we really stayed on this one over and over. And don't get me wrong. It was funny as hell. It was, it was awkward in some spots, I thought, because he was so... Like real with right. people that he was like, oh, would your white guy? You got a black roommate? Oh, really? Oh, these are the girlfriends right here. And then you go into like these graphic descriptions that, as an audience member, you're like, yeah, I could totally see that happening. If it's not, one of them feels inadequate. Mm-hmm. If it is, the other one feels inadequate. Like, no Boy. way they're getting out of that. And you're cracking up, and I'm sure they're laughing now. But it's like, 
they're going to remember this show for a while, all 12 people that he was all over. And it was all like racial, interracial dating mm-hmm. and that type of stuff. Right on. And and yeah, there's, it, uh, it's in that time when people are telling jokes like that, you can get some laughter from uncomfortability and it's hard to tell the... You can well, you can you can tell the difference between genuine laughter at something like that, that's funny and like I'm uncomfortable, you're embarrassing me, ha ha ha, kind of like laughter. And um, I feel like he he's in that place with that material where he's still getting that laughter, but he's still trying to find where I feel like Bill Burr has a habit of giving you something that makes you laugh uncomfortably, but then he digs into it so deep and so uh, meticulously that he then turns it into like real laughter, like. He, how many, how often he'll like, here's this topic. That's uncomfortable for you. I'm going to talk about it so much and show you my point of view and get you on board with my point of view. It's not going to be uncomfortable anymore. And then you're just going to be genuinely Yeah, that's like a soup. And that probably is what Big J is, is doing with that because it would go along with what you were saying. He was hitting it over and over with like similar angles, mm-hmm. counting on that awkward laughter. And But he was, he was pretty funny. It was funny. It was funny regardless. It was funny. And you can tell that he's, he's working to, uh, you know, put these, put something more... And you know that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. So um, it yeah, man, it was it was it was really fun. Uh, now I think we, uh, if you don't mind, we could take a quick break here, and then let's jump in. Uh, last week was Father's Day. Last and week was Father's last Day. Last week was Father's. If that can give you a little time frame from where you are, but uh, they're not going to know we're going to take a break. It'll just skip for them. So all right, uh, we're back. I had dude. That was a. It was just a yellow. <laughs> but it was it it was a painful it was a painful one like I feel have you ever had a kidney stone no I, I know what's gonna happen to me at some point in my life too and it just but, but is it hereditary it. you had kidney stones in your family no I'm just a middle aged guy in poor health that eats all the crap you're not supposed to eat I, I know it I've known enough people that have had them I've never had, I've been in the hospital for anything I broke my arm when I was a little kid never like slept in a hospital for anything but that's one of those things middle aged guy fear that passing a little stone through your dick. Passing a kidney I'm not stone. looking forward to that. Well, whenever uh, it does happen, you're so confident that's going to happen. We should we should get a, a Greg kidney stone pool going at work. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when it does happen, I hope we can uh, record the whole thing and follow you through it. I think it's like days. I think that's the thing that's the worst about it. It's like every time you piss for like days, it's like slowly moving up the canal. Right, it's like a blockage. It's a jagged. Like, it's like a jagged piece of glass. Yeah, and I think it's just once Cutting it's in there the in your urethra, that is like brutal. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, the laser technology will come in and just blast before it. I get it. Yeah, because my wife has a relative. He's like an uncle or something. That has this tub that you get into, and it does something to break up the stone, so it just either doesn't even have to pass that way, or it just gets reabsorbed by your blood or something. You know the. Um, and it hurts because you know the urethra is not meant to pass much <laughs> glass. <laughs> not glass, right? <laughs> so um, well, we were talking about Father's Day, and I think that you're bringing that up because I had an interesting experience on Father's Day. For myself and my wife, we went to an Asian nail salon around the corner, and we went and got pedicures. Have you ever had a pedicure before? I've never had a pedicure, but I'm, I'm not close to the idea. I kind of probably have been, to be honest, like most of my life. With closed? My closed-minded about it. Yeah, I don't want to go get a pedicure. So when did you realize you were metro? <laughs> you know, uh, at some point... Well, so I, I have a toe. My third toe on my right foot, it's not... The nail is kind of like a fungal thing that, that came up. And like years back, 
I went and it gets better and it gets worse. I went to a doctor to see if I could just get it fixed. And they went, you're going to pay for like 900 bucks for this medication. It's not covered by insurance because it's just your toenail. And you got to get a blood test to make sure that your liver is not like in any type of condition because it's really bad for you. I forget if it was your liver or your kidneys. And it's going like, to put you on the verge of death. Right. But that's because it has to kill the fungus. It has to kill the toe fungus and that almost kills you. And if you pull out of it, you're going to have a beautiful toe. Oh, it's $900. Why? Because only two yeah. people a year buy it. So they got to make their and money. And it was $900 for like a little bottle of like, it. I, I, what he described to me, it sounded like wart remover. Have you ever had warts before? Uh, yeah, I know. The, like the wart. Yeah, it's like a little bottle for like tincture you know and it's like kind of heavy because it's like mostly glass they don't want you to see you're literally buying like 50 drops of this stuff for six bucks and i think it came with a little nail brush inside and you brush it on the nail anyway i said you know what i'd like to get rid of that and i'd like to see what the thing is like and i knew my wife would like to do it i thought it'd be a nice little thing that we could do together so we went over to the nail this nail salon let me describe what it was like i guess it was kind of like what i expected but i didn't know exactly what to expect i after I say it, I'm curious to see what your thoughts are and what the differences were. So we went to like the strip mall place. I was thinking it was going to be a tiny little place where like everyone would be looking at everyone. It was cavernous. It was this, <laughs> this right next to it is a restaurant. It's about the size of the restaurant, dude. Around ringing the outside of the perimeter in, you know, in the place, the outside wall has these big chairs. They're all like these massage chairs. I wasn't a big fan of that because it either First of all, the woman that was setting it for you, she's got like the little remote control at your feet. She's just like, do you want, you know, there's no like language being transacted because she doesn't speak any English, Mm -hmm. not even minimal, like no English. And she puts a thing on and you're getting like kneaded all of a sudden and it's not like set precision or whatever. So I was like, this sucks. Like, all right, take it off. And then for the rest of the time, I was kind of screwing with the remote to see if I could get it to do anything. Because when she shut it off, like the, it was like those little fist things and she mm-hmm. shut it off and like one of them is like jabbing into my back and then it just stopped and I'm like this like is- when you turn off windshield wipers halfway <laughs> yeah and they just stuck straight up yeah so I'm like this is not comfortable but you're sitting in a chair your feet are in at the base of the chair there's a bucket with water and it's got like a little hose that like you know they can probably put water in to take it out so you put your feet in there obviously right to like soak the nails soften them up then one foot is sitting in there and the other foot goes up and I think the routine was they went at your nails with clippers to like even the nails off. Then they took like a scraper thing and scraped the top of the nail, like the whole nail bed on the top. I think they do it, you know, because it's probably better for the nail polish to go on like nice and smooth, you know. With, with all my toes, it was not a big deal except that one where she like went to town. And I was like, I almost felt bad like making her have to deal with it because it was like a nasty fungal toe. What an unbelievable job, by the way. It looks perfect. <laughs> I, I'm still looking at it now. It's been almost two weeks, and you couldn't even, unless I I'm told you. I'm away by this lady. Yeah, it looked awesome. So she goes through, there's like a few different tools. Like they go into like the cuticles on like the corners, and like there was a lot of work. I don't know what she was doing, but I don't know. It looked okay. So your foot is soaking. Then they put this blue goop on. Then they give you like a calf massage. And I, my, my legs are not great. Like I run. And I sometimes it really hurts. Sometimes it's okay. Whatever she was doing with that massage was like pins and freaking needles, dude. It was killing my shins. And I don't have like shin pain walking around. But she was just doing this little massage. And I'm like, I don't think that's supposed to hurt. I think she's like uncovering some freaking pre-shin splint thing I got going. Because mm-hmm. that was not comfortable. And also, she they take this... Um, you know, like if you want to sand something really small with like a lot of edges, you'll take sandpaper and just put it on a little block of wood. 
one of those type of sanders or like a you know what like a drywall sander block like that mm-hmm. and they, she took that to the bottom of my feet and my bottom of my feet are wicked ticklish so I felt like such an idiot because <laughs> I couldn't even help but like jerk them away and she's like she does a hundred of these a day so she's like pulling in like cut it up you know <laughs> Cut the crap, and she's like, oh. She whipped the belt out, strapped it to the table. <laughs> I mean, almost. No, they were just looking at each other because there was another woman that was doing my wife's feet next to me. They were just looking at each other, saying something in whatever their language was. Like, this guy is an idiot. Look at him. He can't even keep his foot there. And mm-hmm. she was, like, jerking around to do it. And uh, so they scrub your foot. They do the little massage. They work on the nail a whole bunch. And then for me, that was it because I'm not getting my nails polished. Uh, and I remember when we went in, it was, like, halfway through a game in the World Cup which we might want to touch base on at some point. Uh, but that particular game, I got Mexico in this pool I'm in, and Mexico was beating Germany one nothing, And we went there and watched like the last 20 minutes. But the thing I didn't like about the place was, and I'm leaning back for a second to kind of illustrate to Isaiah how the situation was. I'm in this big chair, and the TV is like up over your head. And then the other TV is over the other guy's head, but it was a huge place. It was like looking like 50 feet away. So they had a ton of these TVs, but they were all ringing the outside wall and we're all sitting up against the wall facing inward. So that probably could have been done a little bit better, I think. I don't know. I don't think they got a lot of sports TV watchers in there. Every single TV, by the way, was on the Mexico-Germany game, which was weird because there was like three guys, two Asian guys that like worked there and me. <laughs> there were no other guys. Probably 100 women in there. In the middle of it were all these different type of salon things. Also, open bar in the place. In the, really? Whatever you want to drink. And they had this ginormous bar, dude. You get, I'm not talking like you want a Coors Light or you want any type of drink you want. Yeah. yeah. So, how would you rank it out of 10? Uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know. You know what? I'm, I maybe wouldn't do it again. Um, all right, I'll, fit, I'll, I'll hook that up right in a minute. Um, I don't, I, I would probably do it again because it did such a good job for my toenail. Like, if it stays for like a month, you do it every month? Yeah, it's just one of those things. I hate the damn toenail thing. So 8 out of 10 would do again? 8 out of 10 would do it again, I think, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to do it every once in a while, at least before like a big thing. Like I know um, a friend of mine is getting married down here in August, down here on the beach. I'm going to get a pedicure. Get, yeah. I don't, maybe they're going to suck me to get my hair so done. So how long? Yeah, yeah. How long before you're getting your eyebrows sculpted um, and your teeth whitened? I do actually have my haircut person I go to like a cheap I go to a Fantastic Sam's have you ever been to a Fantastic Sam's before yeah it's very similar to like those little strip mall places where I always went but it's got a little bit more it's a little panache more. and it's like the same price so let why me tell would... you about panache <laughs> <laughs> you know when it comes to grooming I'm I'm cla- I've, I've uh, in recent years become classic I go to a place called 941 barbershop and it's like a classic barbershop. It's owned by a guy. A lot of the people cutting hair in there are guys, and a lot of the clientele is, is male. And uh, I go in there, and I get my bald fade. And, uh, you know, they they, pl- they do the whole thing with the uh, trim. Like, they bring out, like, all these different types of clippers with different lengths and then scissors. And then they bring out a, the shaving cream with the straight razor and the towels and uh, there's something about it there's something about it I really I really enjoy that um, but yeah so I think you sold me on the idea now Greg right now is getting the power supply for the laptop so that's why I'm just gonna keep keep rambling and if you're hearing the noise in the background that's what that is and <laughs> I'm sure you didn't hear any of that uh, only when it hit the table uh, <laughs> so I um, 
It was a, uh, yeah, he definitely sold me on the entire... You should try it one time in your life. It's I would interesting. Love if nothing love else, love. for the open bar aspect, maybe you're going to go pre-game at something before you go into something. Go there, pre-game. 25 bucks. You could drink 25 bucks in mixed drinks. You're there for like 40 minutes. And the, do you think they're going to cut you off pretty soon? Like they'll, they'll just you cut you off. You paid 25 bucks? No, they didn't kick anyone out. I mean, so my wife actually got her toenails painted. So you have to stay for like 10 minutes. They put the little things in between your nails to you know keep them separate. And they said to stay for like 10 extra minutes. And I was like, I'm like ready to be done with this now. Mm-hmm. It's been like 45 minutes. But uh, I rum and coke. the only other thing in the beginning for women, the hard part would, was they had this big spinning, um, like a display with all the different nail polish on it. Dude, it was a million nail polishes. You know how small a nail polish is? And they had like a rack, like every four inches. They had one on each side of the door. And you have to choose? You know? You have to choose. That's classic choice paralysis. Oh my god! I yeah. could be there all day. It was. It was. There were probably be there 200, 300. I don't know. I'm not good with that type of spatial guessing. You know how many yeah. marbles are in this jar? It was hundreds. Hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I like it, man. I think I really. Uh, that sounds like a really great Father's Day. I. Um, I would love. I would do that. I would definitely do that. Yeah. So, last week, we touched on the fact. That we are going to change the name again. In fact, we've been wanting to change the name from Talking Points for a minute. At the beginning of this episode, we already alluded to the fact that we had a name change. Now, last week, <coughs> we touched on a number of different names. Uh, I think it was Methquake was your favorite. Methquake. <laughs> then I added Methquake USA, I thought, gave it a little bit more flair. But then it sounded like maybe a little too rural and maybe like we were anti-meth, which we don't well, want to portray not. ourselves as anti-meth. No. Or meth adjacent, maybe even. All-encompassing. If you want to take a little meth and listen to our show, we're not going to stop you. We're not going to condone. We're not going to not condone. (laughs) We're not going to... What's the word I'm like? We're not going to... We're not going to help you procure it. We don't sell it. I don't know. We don't do it presently. (laughs) But if you do, hey, whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. Uh, Now... We... uh, Just today, I, I popped into my head... The name for the podcast, I, I thought it should be practice, just the word practice. And I, I, I said, so how did you feel about practice when I said practice? I liked it because I hear it as Alan Iverson would say, it, we're talking about practice. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. So when somebody, you know, we try to explain the podcast, you're like, what podcast do you listen to? Practice. What's practice? Man, I'm talking about practice. We, I, I think we like it, but I think... When, when I think about it, it seems to me that it's so tightly related to the Allen Iverson thing. I think Basketball. I think we're on the same. Yeah, the, yeah. A, one particular press conference with Allen Iverson in probably like the year two thousand, and this is one of those lines that took off. So it was very specific reference, although broad. Uh, you know, a lot of people know the reference, but then I, the thing I thought in the background, maybe I didn't specifically intimate this to you, but was like. Yeah, we are. This is practice, and we're not, you know, perfecting anything. We're just kind of running through. But I don't know how close to the surface I want that to be brought up all the time, you know, because that is what you'd be saying to people when you're like, it's called practice. Well, you know, we don't know what we're doing. So, should I listen to it or not? (laughs) I don't know, ma'am. Talk about practice. Exactly. You're leading them to (laughs) like. To think is shit, and we're not trying. Now, you had another one. It was shoehorn. You said you really like shoehorn. And I like the idea of that, like trying to get it in there, get this topic in, bring this topic in, shoehorn it in. 
a uh, little sque- squeeze in this topic, squeeze in that topic. I like it. Um, and it was kind of colloquial just for like an all-encompassing, uh, let's talk about stuff, right? Which yeah. we kind of went with with the name that we chose. Yeah. The shoehorn thing, I think we, we both didn't like it. And I think at least subconsciously because it, then it makes it sound like we have some type of agenda or we're like, we're, you know what I mean? We're, we we're don't. forcing we swear. these things in and we absolutely have no agenda. There's not even a, we're just in the woods. There's not even a trail that we're following. So shoehorn was not, well, yeah. was not great. I like was, that. I like that uh, analogy. We are in the woods. We're definitely lost. Uh, we don't know if we've been somewhere before. We probably have. We end up talking about some of the same things. <laughs> we do. Uh, definitely. Um, but I like it. So, in the course of, we even mentioned this name on the last episode when we read through all the names. Did, did it get mentioned last? It got mentioned. Okay. Yeah. And we stopped on. And I said, "Yeah, I like it." We said that we liked it. Now, when you said this name, I made a mental note and I said, "I really like that name. I really, really like that." And uh, you r- rattled off a bunch after it. I didn't say anything out loud. You just it was all this was all through text. Mm-hmm. You said the name and then a bunch of names and then it stopped like a for, bunch. I was going like I was doing six to ten at a whack. Yeah. Just, and then it and then it stopped for a second and then you immediately said the name again. You said I like that one, which was I found interesting because nobody said anything. I didn't say anything, but I was thinking that I was like I do like that one. And then uh, after I saw that, I began comparing every name that I saw to that to the to the name. So without, I, I was doing the same thing too. Right. I there were a couple that were in there for me, but definitely I was comparing it to this to, one. To this one. So without further ado, without further ado, without further ado, without further a mountain do. Please, I give you the honors. What is the name? Everybody, welcome to the podcast. You are listening to Road Soda. Welcome to Road Soda. Grab your road soda. Buckle up. We are your road soda. We don't actually grab a road soda. We don't condone the road soda. We don't condone drinking and driving. Wink, wink. (laughs) But if, you know, you live in a state that does condone it, like Montana. Texas. Texas. You're allowed to have a couple open at a time. (laughs) (laughs) You really are. (laughs) So, uh, in which case, crack open your road soda. Buckle the fuck up. Here we are. You know, I like the term... uh, I really, I think it's a fun term. It just says here we're here to, uh, you know, just talk, have fun, not take things too seriously. Sometimes it might get a little serious, but I just, it's a good name, Road Soda. Um, so welcome to the podcast, everybody. You are listening to Road Soda. That is our new name, and uh, we have an email address. Yes, if so you have please, any comments, automatically you can start sending them to Road Soda Mail at gmail.com so again that is roadsodamail at gmail.com r-o-a-d-s-o-d-a mail dot or sorry at gmail.com and uh, you know eventually we will have a website with its own domain uh, I feel that's that's my ultimate goal so you know the the uh, name of the website not the name the name of the email will at that time uh, be changed but for now please if you have any questions any comments uh, if you want to hear us talk about something if you want us uh, to send us a video we'll talk about the video it's a road soda if you have any ideas of any kind please email us at roadsodamail.com and uh, roadsodamail at gmail.com I keep I'm going to do that forever <laughs> <laughs> roadsodamail at gmail so yeah welcome to roadsoda um, let's uh, 
you know, I we were going to conclude the episode by talking about um, the show, the Netflix show that we watched last time. You didn't finish watching, so we were watching Evil Genius. You didn't finish watching it, but you got the gist. I got the gist. So let me ask you this. From the two episodes that you watched, would you watch the two other ones and, and wrap, a lot, wrap it all up? I mean, I think it's probably fair to say... You're not gonna? I haven't, because it's been a month. I Actually, I did try a couple of times, but I'm watching another Netflix original. And recently, my, my TV time... Sometimes I have a, a ton of time, and I do eat up a lot of Q stuff. But for the last few weeks, for whatever reason, I've just not had a bunch of time. So, like, I get, like, a couple hours on the weekend each day. And then during the day, man, it, I've just had some long days. I've not had time. And um, I just haven't caught it up. I probably would watch it again, you know. But if you wanted to spoil the surprise and tell me I'm how not, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. It's got to be the lady. The lady has to be No one ever... Uh, there is no confession ever at any point so there's nothing conclusive you well there is but you but you can really understand why there wouldn't be um and the whole thing basically came down to did brian wells the man that had the the bomb necklace know that that was going to happen to him they or was up, he not taking it seriously is that what the children? well no they wanted to know right well they wanted to know did he did he or did he not know because if he did not know then somebody could be charged for murder and executed in the state of Pennsylvania. So... But if he did know, wouldn't it be If he did way? know, then they wouldn't be charged for murder because he was a part of the heist. He he willingly did it. Oh, okay. I would, what would be the motivation for someone to willingly do that? Well, they wanted to say... Uh, uh, willingly do it because they thought they wouldn't get caught. Because he's he would have problems with deniability. He would have like, oh, they put a bomb on my neck. I didn't know. I didn't know. It would be what he claims, but he did know. At some point, though, if he was in on it, don't you think he would take the key out and like be like, guys, I thought you'd figure this out, but you didn't. So, well, that's I'm what he that's out. what would do with everything. But from the people that would do that to him, you're gonna tell the person, don't worry about it. The bomb's not gonna go off. It's not a but, real bomb. But then when he walks out the door, you look at each other and be like, and they're gonna be like, did you did you give him the key or anything? Is the bomb gonna go off? And you look at it and you go, of course the bomb's going to go off. I can't have that guy walking around with that knowledge in his head. Of course that bomb's going to go off. You know, that's like, at the end of the... What even was the plan? Because I do have a question now, If I, in case I don't watch those last two. Also, let's let's just stop right here. Spoil alert, just for anything. If you, if you, if you might want to be watching this show, uh, let's just say this... I don't want to spoil anything for you. Nice. But, um, uh, so, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to... But go ahead, what's the, what's the question? Well, so, what was the plan? Like, it, it almost seems like there was never any intent for this robbery to go right they just wanted to kill a dude in like some grand crazy fashion well there's a lot of different ideas there's an idea that they were expecting to get a certain amount of money and then once they got the certain amount of money it was the the death of Brian Wells but then it was also this other idea that they wanted to do this just whoever was it was that set this all up wanted to do it just to screw with the police and the cops and outsmart somebody and do something so the money, because it was a nominal amount of money anyway. But they did find that the amount of money matched perfectly to a couple of different things that they were asking for. It was like an inheritance that was spent by a parent instead of giving that money to the child was the exact amount that was being asked for, as well as the amount of money that was being asked for for a house that was being sold. So the, the people, the suspects, one of them had like a house that they were trying to sell for this exact amount of money. 
or that they were trying to get and they had to like pay their family back or something. The other one was like an inheritance for the exact, and it just so happened to be the same amount of money that Brian Wells asked for in the bank. So, well, how much? It was only like six grand or something, wasn't it? Sixty-five hundred. Two fifty. Two hundred fifty thousand. I think so. Yeah. And he—that's how much money he took out of that bank. Oh, no, he didn't get out. He didn't get out of the bank with that much. That's how much they were asking for. That's how much they asked for. Right. But he didn't get any more than what was in the registers. And it was only like six grand. Or it wasn't something. a lot. Yeah. How much does that do to his life worth? I know. No. Well, but anyway, very interesting. It's the and I think we came to the conclusion last time that. The show itself isn't necessarily really well done. It's just the story is so compelling and intriguing that carries it the whole way. But when it comes down to editing and, and how it was done and everything, it's like, yeah, the th- when you film a documentary, you shoot all the footage and then we start watching the footage. The story tells itself. It pops out to you on itself and you cut it up and it just kind of comes out. And uh, there wasn't a lot like going on with it. Now... I say I wanted to I wanted to really land on a specific time. We are right there, um, and I think we should hold off on the Netflix choosing for the next week, just so we can have this really tight, concise show and episode yep. for this week. That's what I'm thinking. So everybody, thank you, thank you. You know, this is like the third or fourth time already that we've recorded here in person. We're doing it with one microphone now, so the audio might sound a little different. But it's going to help us grow and expand and change the show in many ways. So thank you, everybody. Welcome to Road Soda. Again, if you have any questions or comments, email us at roadsodamail at gmail.com. Nice. Next time you want to crack a road soda, we will be there. We were there. Flip us on. Thank you very much.